This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. It's marvellous to have you here. I'm recording this as October half-term is hurtling towards me at quite an alarming speed and my to-do list feels like it's lengthening in inverse proportion. Is that the right way of saying it? To the amount of child-free time I have left. Basically, I've not got much time and I've got a lot to do. Now, my kids are getting older and I feel like I'm almost maybe out of the trenches of the real kind of hardcore parenting of those preschool years when life is just one long blur of snot and nappies and snacks and tantrums all backed up with the lack of sleep. Oh, the joys. Parenting is hard bloody work at the best of times, I'm sure you will agree. But if you're listening to this podcast, you might well be feeling like you've made life even harder for yourself as a parent by trying to bring up healthy, well-balanced, well-adjusted, perfect human beings at the same time as trying your hardest not to trash the very planet that they're growing up on. Having kids is kind of the perfect storm for feeling crap about the planet, isn't it? We all want the best for our kids and it follows that we want them to have a safe and secure future. Hence, I think that when we become parents, it's a time when lots of us start to think more about our impact on the planet. But at exactly the same time, this influx of stuff comes into our homes and our bins are suddenly overflowing with nappies and food pouches and wipes. And all of this has to be grappled with when we're lacking in sleep, time, energy, headspace, all of the above. Yay! So it feels like it's absolutely about time we turned our attention here on the podcast to sustainable-ish parenting, which we're doing in this episode, supported by Little Freddy, the UK's leading sustainable baby food brand. And I'm delighted to be chatting to Karen Morris, aka N4Mummy, you can find her on Instagram, who's been working with Little Freddy to educate parents on easy lifestyle changes they can make to be a more sustainable parent. That all sounds pretty good, right? Now, before we dive in, don't forget, if you enjoy the show, please do pop by your favourite podcast provider and leave a little review and a rating to let other people know that this is the place to come and find ideas and inspiration for anyone in Perfectly Green. Enjoy. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Sustainable-ish. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Fabulous. I'm really pleased to be chatting to you today and we're going to talk uh, specifically about sustainable 
parenting or sustainable-ish parenting. I think you described it as sustainable parenting in the modern world. <laughs> um, can you kick us off by letting us know who you are and what you do? Yeah, so um, thank you. I'm Karen Morris. Um, I'm a mum to Daisy, who is five, and a little boy called Laurie, who's three. And I've got another baby on the way. First three weeks pregnant. So you're good. very brave. <laughs> yeah, a bit mad. <laughs> um, and ever since I've had, well, ever since Daisy was about six months, I kind of set up a blog and an Instagram, just all talking about how to try and live a more sustainable life as a parent. Yeah. And it's called N, as in the letter N, mm -hmm. the number four mummy.com. Um, Where did that name come from then? Well, at the time I was living in um, Finsbury Park. So, ah. so I, ha I hadn't really even planned to start doing this. It just kind of naturally started happening. I think I'd been in a busy world of work and then I was suddenly stuck at home with a little child. <laughs> I just wanted to do something. <laughs> yeah, I think having a baby is kind of that um double-edged sword where you suddenly become um more aware of the future and the state of the planet at exactly the same time as you yeah. have no free time no headspace no yeah. <laughs> no uh, time to even sort of look around so you kind of have that double anxiety type thing but i think it's quite um a turning point for lots of people in terms of sustainability and sustainable living isn't it yeah, I, I think it's because you'd probably come off that whole treadmill of, you know, nine to, well, I'd love to say nine to five, not nine to five in London, but like the whole yeah. working, you know, you're, you're very immersed in your job. You don't really have time to think about anything, any issues at all. Yeah. Not, not properly. I mean, maybe that's just me. Um, and I think when you, when you do stop, you all of a sudden, yeah, you're right. You do, you look around. You think, hang on a second, is this actually how I want to live? Yeah. And you start looking into like what are the alternatives. That's certainly what happened for me. Brilliant. And so that was what five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the first thing you did? Would you say? Well, because, well, so my background's actually in fashion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, which is slightly ironic. Yeah. <laughs> Fast fashion, in fact. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so for me, the first thing that I really looked at was our clothes. And I think I was very much in a state where, you know, I was a buyer. So wow. constantly looking for newness and creating newness to give to the customer. But also that you can't really do that in your job without it happening to your wardrobe as well. Right, yeah. So I was constantly buying new clothes, constantly having a new wardrobe. And all of a sudden, our income halved because <laughs> I decided that I couldn't go back to work and look after my daughter. Yeah. My job involves so much travel. And my husband's a doctor and works, all oh, goodness knows. Yeah. Some night shifts and goodness knows what. Um, so... Yeah, so I suppose all of a sudden I was suddenly like, right, okay, this is actually a really not a great way to live, not a way we can afford to live. And mm. I'd become quite disillusioned with um, fast fashion itself while I was in it. Yeah. Just the constant striving to 
getting to a cheaper price point. Yeah. Degrading fabrics, materials to make those garments. You must have some really, I was going to say great insights, but that's the wrong word. <laughs> some, some really useful insights into how fast fashion works. And, and yeah, I can imagine that you either kind of keep going with that or it must sort of completely turn you off it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, it does. And it's interesting, actually, that all of us who worked in, well, the kind of team I was working in, we all kind of had reached a point where we'd start talking about actually buying that coat, which would last for, you know, that we'd have in our mm. 10, 15 years. And we, we were all talking in a way, like we were buying fast fashion for everybody else, but the way that we were shopping was saying down. Do you know what? I'd rather spend more money on something that's going to last yeah. and I'm going to wear than something I'm going to change each season. So that was quite interesting. And I think also when you go, like I travelled a lot to a lot of different countries where manufacturing happens and you see it really, it's such an eye-opener, like mm. some of the poverty, some of the working conditions, just things that we might not accept yeah. ourselves, but that we were readily saying well that's okay for them yeah because I can have my 299 t-shirt type thing yes so yeah. that was um so yeah so that's where it started actually was with fashion so I started looking at um you know what are the brand who are the brands that are doing things a bit differently mm -hmm. brands who are thinking about what fabrics they're using yeah in the clothes so it was kind of like a ethics and sustainable thing as one yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah I think fashion is a really great starting point for for lots of people I think in the last year or so lots of people the starting point has been plastic because it's been so all over the media and it's so visible and it's very easy to see the cause mm. and effects but I think fashion is also a really good starting point because we all have to wear clothes and yeah. that you just need to do a little bit of digging to kind of realize how or how much is wrong with the fast fashion industry. Um, and then once you start sort of looking at your clothes and start slowing down that consumption, it becomes quite natural to start looking around at lots of other things as well. So yeah. it is a really brilliant place to start. And interestingly, I think what a lot of people also don't realise is a lot of their clothes are actually made from plastic. Yes, yeah. It yeah. was, yeah, 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 yeah. So what are some of the brands that you discovered when you were sort of looking for a... A better way I guess of shopping and were any of those um sort of kids brands as well yeah so in terms of um uh in terms of fashion yeah I started looking so it's brands like and there's so many there's so many wonderful ways. yeah brands like um Toots and McGinty brands who focus on producing clothes that are made of organic cotton yeah and that are made from natural fibres using bamboo, tensile, that kind of thing. Yeah. Little Green Radicals, um, another lovely brand. Uh, trying to think who else. Uh, there's a gorgeous baby brand called From Babies of Love. Oh. Which are completely non, like not for profit. They're a social enterprise. And not only do they make all their clothes in an ethical and sustainable way, but also all of their profits go to help other children who have been abandoned basically. Oh wow. War and they're they're absolutely gorgeous friends. Well one of the things I've found um as my kids have got older is that it was relatively 
easy certainly for babies to find organic cotton things and yeah um lovely sustainably made things and certainly you know my boys are now 11 and 8 trying to find ethical um brands for teenagers well you know pre-teens and and especially boys seems really difficult so yeah. I don't, if, if any of the listeners have got any um any clues or ideas but what I what I tend to do for that is I just shop secondhand which I know is one of your your sort of top tips isn't it for sustainable yeah. parenting yeah I, I do think I mean you'll know better than me because obviously my children are still quite young but I do think secondhand clothing is, an, is an, such a vast amount of it out there it's much easier when children are smaller yeah, because they're growing so quickly that, you know, yeah. stuff gets passed on before they've even worn it sometimes. So you get yeah. some amazing stuff. Yeah, because I find like all getting stuff for my, and actually I find finding girls stuff a lot easier than finding yeah. stuff. So for Daisy, there's just so much stuff. Like I rarely have to buy new. And yeah. I generally just buy secondhand if I yeah. buy anything at all. Um, and have you seen for like the new little one that's coming, you're probably already like drowning in baby grows and stuff from the other two, but there are um, at least two or three that I've come across of these sort of baby subscription clothes, baby subscription, it sounds like you're going to hire your baby, um, <laughs> baby clothes subscription things. So you, you know, you, um, you rent the clothes essentially, use them, send them back, and then you get the sort of next age up. And I think that's such a brilliant idea. And then they're cleaned and laundered and um, you know made lovely to send out to the next people it, that, that sort of much more circular way of approaching it seems really sensible especially with tiny ones yeah I mean I, I um I doubt I will need anything but um certainly I think hiring clothes is absolutely brilliant new innovation and I, I'm certainly thinking of doing it myself actually when I've had the baby and yeah a changing body shape yes let's be honest with it we don't all want to live in maternity clothes forever and a day and you, you want you want to get back into some sense of normality but I know you know this is baby number three I'm not going to return to some super tiny thing it's not going to snap back yeah it's not going to snap back it's, it's going to take time but I, I think hiring is a brilliant idea yeah brilliant and one of the other tips you share along the sort of clothesline which I think is absolutely genius is about getting the kids to wear aprons at tea time <laughs> I'm like, why didn't I? Because they wear bibs when they're tiny and then they sort of grow out of that. But my kids still throw stuff down them regularly. I'm like, oh yeah, that's really sensible. It's, it's funny. It's one that actually came from my mum. Oh, really? She, oh, yeah. I, I, I will admit this. A lot of my sustainable ideas come yeah. from. She's like, <laughs> she's a genius. She always made up for her apron when we were growing up. And then when we had the kids, um, you know, you know what it's like, they get to like age 18 months, two years old, and they're like ripping the bib off mm. and having a little tantrum. And somehow my mum managed to always get the kids to wear the aprons. And I, oh, did. Wow. And I just thought, mum just said to me, just be consistent. Like, right. Be, look, if you want to eat, you need to wear your apron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, <laughs> children need to eat and get hungry. So, yeah, we just do it. And we've ended up buying each of them their own apron that's like, you know, there yeah. that they've chosen. So that it's not like a, you will wear this apron whether you like it or sure. not type thing. So it's a bit more fun. But the kids are really, they're really good now. It just, you know, they know, particularly if they're eating like tomato soup yeah. or <laughs> pasta. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> anything, <laughs> anything that's going to make a big mess. They know that they need to wear their apron. 
yeah it just it's just become part of part of our life and it means and also as a parent you do not want to be washing a million um you know i we have washing coming out of our ears yeah so I'm, I'm always like less washing let's wear this top for a few days yeah definitely and so do you just like wash the aprons every evening yeah. or do they just oh to be honest this might sound a bit gross they don't get washed that often yeah <laughs> I think I would be the same it's just like yeah well once that's dry it's not going to make any more yeah, mess it's fine. <laughs> exactly exactly they might get if they're lucky they get washed once a week with the towels but um yeah yeah. Oh, I might see if I can persuade mine to do that. I know I said they're 11 and 8, but honestly, our 11-year-old is just, I think he's yet to eat a meal without throwing something down himself. And if they're like, if they put their cub stuff on or whatever, ready to go, you know, and, and that needs to not get dirty, we just kind of t- <coughs> tuck the old tea towel in around the, around the neck. But they, they might be a bit more up for an apron. We'll have a go. <laughs> well, well it's, it's funny because actually since I've been pregnant, I've needed to wear an apron because everything yes. drops onto your bum. So I'm always like walking to school with like, I don't know, something, a bit of tea, <laughs> a bit of something. So actually that's really helped because they see me put mine on and they're like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, great idea. And talking of washing, I think one of your mm. other tips is about um, reusable wipes, isn't it? Yes. Um, which I think is just, I was really terrified of when we first sort of looked into reusable wipes because we were using reusable nappies and using reusable wipes for bums but I still had that kind of you know there was a packet in the kitchen there was a packet in the changing bag there was a packet in the car for any kind of spills and then but actually it was much easier than I thought it was going to be what are your sort of top tips around embracing reusable wipes well um one go for it because I like I was completely petrified about it (laughs) it's so silly isn't it it is so silly but because i was like oh it'd be all messy and i have yeah yucky wipes in my house but actually once you've used a reusable wipe you'll realize how much better they are Mm. you need you know we often if it's for like around so we we have like ones downstairs for the kitchen and then upstairs um and the ones downstairs like each child will just pick a color for the day right the end of the day they just go in the washing machine yeah and yeah, they're brilliant. And also, I think as well, if you're using reusable wipes, it gives you a bit of kind of freedom, a bit of license to say, well, actually, sometimes it is really tricky and you do need to use a disposable wipe. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we have reusable wipes for home and then when we're out and about, um, you know, like on holiday, yeah. just having to go into London for the day, I'll buy the, I'll buy like ones that are biodegradable. Yeah out there now that are made from things like bamboo and that are completely you know completely compostable so we just use those when we're out and about and they are more expensive but Mm -hmm. we're using a reusable wipe yeah it it, it kind of negates that cost yes yeah because you're saving money the rest of the time exactly exactly and we barely use we barely use disposable wipes anymore yeah i think that's really um important to kind of message to get across and I say this to people you know about nappies and about getting milk delivered in glass it doesn't have to be all the time you know every disposable wipe you don't use is one less so you know but it but if like you say you're on holiday and there's no washing machine or you're you're going on a big day out and you can't kind of face trying to cram in as many reusables as you can into your already rammed changing bag then 
it's no biggie you know don't don't sweat over yeah. that because you're doing the good stuff the rest of the time so you know we need to stop making things really difficult for ourselves and give ourselves a bit of slack I think sometimes yeah I've been asked a lot about like oh what do you do on holiday yeah and I was like well a holiday is a holiday yeah in, and actually I think it's the decisions and the choices we make on a daily basis yes that really make a difference to our overall carbon footprint yeah and you know if you're like we, we've been toilet training my son he's now thankfully completely <laughs> toilet trained but <laughs> was a challenge but you know there were times when he just completely you know pooed his pants yeah there's poo everywhere and I just got some disposable wipes and I was like I, I can't deal with this I've just gotta yeah I've just gotta get rid of it all <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay yeah and we have to I think we have to be we have to be kind to ourselves yeah I mean parenting is hard enough at the best of times and then exactly. I think you know if, if you're if we're going to insist that everybody or we're going to encourage everyone to be a bit more sustainable about it the last thing we need to do is add another layer of guilt onto yeah. the guilt we're already feeling isn't it exactly exactly yeah and we did the same when we were on holiday because like I said the kids were in reusable nappies but at nights we couldn't get on with them so they'd have a, a disposable at night ordinarily so I, and I was like oh but you know what that's that's one or seven a week rather than seven a yeah. day so that kind of feels better and then as you say going on holiday I was like this isn't really much of a holiday if I'm having to slog to the laundrette or you know be trying to dry nappies around a holiday home so we did go for disposables on holiday as well and it's just I think that's okay we need to we need to be all right with that exactly yeah. so are you doing reusable nappies for the little one or are you yeah that's the plan. You go? <laughs> that is a plan yeah so for baby number three yeah, we've got our reusable nappies ready and waiting. Brilliant. I'm a, I have to say, I'm a little bit nervous about yeah. it. Mainly because I'm a little bit nervous about having three children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, well, this is, so this is also something I was going to say, like, we're in a scenario now where, you know, this is the third time I'll have raised a child. So from that perspective, I've got a bit more of an idea of what's involved. Yes. Obviously, every single child is completely Yeah. Um, that goes without saying but also things like like when I first started with Daisy there was no way I could get my head around um, yeah reusable nappies because we, we were living in a tiny flat and we had no outside space at all like not even a balcony yeah I could barely get through lots of the general everyday washing yeah like we didn't own not that we own tumble dryer now but we didn't own a tumble dryer mm. there was no kind of way of me kind of sorting them um, whereas now we have like outside space, we've, you know, we've got a garden with a washing line. Mm. Like a I feel like it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I will, yeah, we're aiming to. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that's really exciting. You have to let us know how you get on. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so the next kind of phase that we all tend to, you're just relaxing into, well, I say relaxing, you're just kind of beginning to feel like you've got your head around being parent to this small person. And then you have to start thinking about weaning. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we did baby led weaning with ours and primarily because I was just too lazy to kind of I just couldn't be bothered with like pureeing stuff and serving up different meals and things like that. But I know lots and lots of people do reach for pouches nowadays because they are so convenient. Mm. And, and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the Little Freddy's pouches and how they're different. Can you tell us about them? Oh, 
little Freddy patches, I, I, I am completely converted. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> They're amazing. Basically, as, as I'm sure you're aware, like couches, couches are an amazing convenience. Mm. They are just so you know, easy to chuck in your handbag. Um, so they're light and easy to carry around. Children, well, Laurie, for example, he, my son, he, he used to be able to like feed himself. Yeah. He just literally pick it up, stick it in his mouth and suck it all in. So yeah. they're a great, they're a great um, invention. Unfortunately, a lot of pouches aren't, well, aren't really recyclable or it's very difficult to recycle them. Yeah. But where little Freddie have really kind of just, yeah, where they've done an absolutely brilliant job is that they've actually introduced a recycling scheme. Right. It's completely free. So the idea is is that you you your child obviously eats their little Freddy meals and then you just um DM them or get in contact with them, they'll send you a pouch. Right. In this pouch you can fit up to fifteen little Freddy pouches. Mm-hmm. Um and you just literally pop it in your post box. It's completely completely free of charge yeah um they've they've done their um they've made everything so it's completely recyclable so it's not just bits of it can be recycled yeah actually the entire pouch can be recycled so it goes to this amazing plant they've partnered with this and with envil and it goes there and they can melt it down it's made of plastic and aluminium Mm -hmm. And like the gas, the, the process that happens, the gas comes off and it actually powers the whole recycling plant. Oh, I love it when stuff like that and it oh. really neatly fits together. <laughs> yeah. And then the aluminium flake can be used again. And they right. come out, they're completely, um, what's the word? They're completely, uh, my brain's not working, sorry. They're, right. um, it's not like they've lost their quality. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've not been sort of downgraded or degraded. No, like not downgraded at all. So, it can, so that aluminium could be recycled again and again right. and again and again. And then the plastic is turned into um, fuel, like biofuel. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Lorries and things. So it's such, oh, it's such an amazing way. And they've like thought about everything, even down to the fact that the bags that they send you are exactly the same plastic as the pouches. Right. So when the bag gets to the recycling plant, it literally just goes in and is recycled with all the pouches. They've, so they've really, really thought it through as to how it all works. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so that's one thing that's amazing about them. <laughs> <laughs> and so just, just on that, order, yeah. you presumably can only send the Little Freddy's pouches because yeah. they're the ones that have been specifically designed this way. Other types of pouches um either can't be recycled or have to go via TerraCycle or yeah, those sorts of correct. schemes oh, yeah okay. that's correct um but the other thing i love about little freddy is just that they're they've really thought through about what ingredients they put into their pouches because mm-hmm. i think you like you mentioned like you couldn't be bothered to like cure a whole load of meals yeah. like, <laughs> i get that <laughs> um and i think there's a lot of people who end up feeling quite guilty about the fact that they can't manage to cook themselves a meal, their children a meal, and um, and then also do something special for a baby. Yeah, and we're not one, we're not Wonder Women. <laughs> we are human beings. <laughs> um, so the great thing is that like all their ingredients, they're all organic, which is which I know is similar for lots of baby brands. 
but they've just done things like they've been really transparent about how they and um, what's actually in the product right so i think it was in june they launched their simply veg range and they were literally they say on the front of the packaging like there's one that i've got on here that's like hot root vegetable mash and it's mm-hmm. complete 100 percent vegetables there's no like hidden apple or hidden pear right to sweeten it yeah yeah or if it has got fruit in it it will then say on the front of the pouch this is 80 percent vegetables and then it will say in the title okay fruit is sweetening those vegetables yeah which i think is just there's, there's been a lot of controversy i think i've heard on the news with other brands that literally like they're hidden ingredients oh okay so there's a lot of Sometimes they'll have fruit in there to sweeten it to make it more palatable, presumably. Yeah, and then like it might say on the front, butternut squash. Carrot or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And actually it's a front apple. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're almost sort of conditioning yeah. your kids to expect sweetness with, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's and really then, interesting. And also, um, the, the, like, they obviously use all like locally sourced um, ingredients and but all like they've launched their meals, their meat meat meals. Okay. In and within it's all British meat. Yeah. And not only that, it's that the percentage of meat it within their whole pouch is like twenty percent, which is double what any other baby brand do. Right. Actually getting a really like nutritious, satisfying yeah. meal. So you don't have to feel guilty that you're you know, you're not home cooking some yeah wonderful beef lasagna for your child (laughs) (laughs) brilliant and I I think yeah I really like the fact that it sounds like what they've done is from the outset ago okay so you know um we have to accept I think that pouches are here to stay and let's see how we can make them as recyclable as we possibly can rather than going Mm. oh crap we've got pouches we better find a, a way to to recycle them it's as a sort of afterthought they've they've designed them with the intention that they will be recyclable which i think is something you know when we talk about the circular economy and moving towards that that we need more manufacturers doing that right from the outset don't we completely and they've also picked the best product for the job because yeah. it's very well saying we should we should just go back to glass but actually, yes like they've looked into like you know what's the carbon footprint in terms of making that glass bottle and recycling that glass bottle and they've looked at all those things yeah the pouches and actually they feel that the pouches are the best the best product for the yeah and as you say i think in terms of convenience there probably isn't any kind of putting that genie back in the bottle because you know with the glass things you still got to remember a spoon <laughs> and yeah. how hard it is to remember things when we're leaving the house with the kids anyway but you know you, you do have to to find somewhere to sit down or sit with them in the buggy and kind of physically do the the feeding thing whereas as you say if you are in a rush or you've got a you know they, they're hungry during the school run or something when you haven't got 10 minutes that sounds really awful doesn't it that you haven't got 10 minutes to sit down and feed your child but in reality sometimes they're hungry at really inconvenient times so yeah. the pouches yeah. are kind of super convenient and as you yeah I don't think there's any kind of going back on that now so we need to look for more sustainable ways of using pouches I guess yeah and totally because I I know that once baby number three comes I'm going to be trying to feed a child you know whilst sat on the side of a swimming pool yes (laughs) like as in (laughs) 
like the scenarios that we end up getting ourselves into yes yeah or you're trying to get one of them changed and the other one's like hiding in a locker and yeah, <laughs> I hate swimming yeah. so I, I oh yeah hide, my children love hiding in lockers <laughs> I, I, I think that's for me just why I just when little approach and little Freddie approached me to work with them that was why I was just like actually yes this is a brand who is linking like modern day parenting yeah convenience yeah I think it's really difficult isn't it I um did a uh, a podcast a little while ago with Susie Newson from Nature Care and they just mm. released a the first kind of flushable wipe and and when I was first approached I was like no I'm not going to talk to them about disposable wipes that's appalling and then I was like actually do you know like if my whole ethos is sustainable ish we need to accept mm. that we're not going to have this we're not going to convert everybody to reusable everything and or you know they might be doing reusable some of the time but we need to have better options for those who are maybe just starting out or you know on holiday or whatever we it all comes back to that being gentle with ourselves I guess yeah yeah and it all comes back to making trying to make parenting doable and yeah not like this kind of you know another stick to beat ourselves with (laughs) exactly exactly yeah yeah but I think um, with the whole Little Freddy thing as well, they're also, they're really trying to encourage parents to actually recycle as well. Because yeah. They, you could just take the pouches and be like, oh, these are recycled pouches and then not do anything with sure. them. Sure. Which wouldn't be great. Um, so they've got, they've been running their pouches for prizes competition where customers basically on a weekly basis can win prizes from them. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, re- it's a really fun initiative actually. What you have to do is you take a picture of yourself or get someone else to take a yeah. posting your little Freddie um, recycling bag yeah. into the post box. And um, you just literally pop it on social media and you tag little Freddie. And um, yeah, then you automatically just get in, you know, get entered into the prize draw. Oh, cool. Great yeah. prizes. Things like, they, do, they pick someone every week. It's like things like a year's um, family membership to the National Trust. And oh, wow. And like, yeah, and like a year's supply of like little Freddy food, and then they partnered with some other lovely sustainable weaning brands. Oh, fab! So it's a really lovely initiative. Really, yeah. Lovely. And I think that that, like you said, that ease of recycling is really important as well because, um, you know, having to hunt down a local collection point for a TerraCycle scheme and go and find it, and then you've got this kind of backlog of stinky pouches or whatever do you need to clean them before you send them or do you just literally squeeze them out and you literally you squeeze them out so if there's any food left over which hopefully there won't be yeah you squeeze it all out you pop your the lid into the recycling you're like your curbside recycling right that can be curbside recycled and then you pop the pouch into the bag seal it up and send it off i mean it is really simple yeah to you completely free and it's free postage you, like you literally don't there's no like you don't have to go and queue up at the post no, office there's no, yeah. there's no extra faff yeah oh brilliant now we talked right at the start about having kids and and that being the turning point for lots of people and because you do start thinking more about the future and things and at the same time you're getting this kind of big influx of stuff into your house so have you got any advice for new parents or older parents who are just sort of looking around at, at what's happening in the world at the moment and feeling a little bit despairing how do we manage that anxiety that's such a good question um i think 
I think you have to, well, I suppose the way I did it was I just started small. But you yeah. can look at your life and go, right, tomorrow I'm waking up, I'm having milk and milk bottles delivered. And, yes. But you can't, you can't transform your life in a day. Yeah, it all takes time, doesn't it? It does take time. And also it's about finding what works for you. Yeah. It's all very well saying, oh, go buy yourself a, a completely natural deodorant mm. is, um, you know, wrapped in cardboard packaging rather than plastic, and then actually you find you can't afford it and it makes your armpits sting. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't just change things overnight. Yeah. But I just say, just start really small, just pick. You know, even if you just looked at your life and went, right, I'm going to do one thing. Yes. Why not? Or even one thing this month, and I'm going yeah. to try and resolve that, and then I'm going to tackle the next thing. Yeah. And and I'm always like, I really loathe to call myself a sustainable blogger at the first. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's so many parts of my life that aren't. Yes. Yeah. But actually, I figured, do you know what? It's much better to be honest and yeah. say, this is what I can do. This is yeah. what I can work. This is where I'm struggling. And yeah. yeah so I'd say things that work for your family. Yeah. And then I'd also say, just like, particularly if you've got young children, just teach them about the world. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we all go for walks. We all see our beautiful nature. Um, but you can try and, like, link that back when yeah. you're at home with things like, you know, like, where did the water from the tap come from? Or, mm. you know, why can't we leave that water running while yes. we, I don't know, do a dance in the bathroom? <laughs> Like, you know, we can, we can talk about all these things. Yeah, yeah. And we just start introducing, like, children are amazing. Like, my niece, recently, I asked her what she wanted for her birthday. And she had the whole list of things. Yeah. I wanted a skipping rope, but I don't want it made of plastic. It needs to be made of wood. And that needs to be FSC certain <laughs> art. <laughs> <Not eight. laughs> oh, I love school. it. And I think like that just really prompted me to think actually yes our children are really teachable they're like sponges yes and actually you can say some things like you know it doesn't have to be like you can't have that deeper bath it can yeah it can just be like you know actually this is the reason we're not gonna have a bath right up to the top every single evening apart from the fact that mummy and daddy's bank balance yeah. might- you really have the <laughs> and half the water ends up on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apart from those two factors, I yeah. don't want another flood in the house. Yeah. Um, but you can talk to them about these things. I think, yeah. And then I think the other thing I'd say is, and this might sound a bit scary, but we can make our voices heard. Yeah. Um, like it can be something as simple as your supermarket shop arrives and they've delivered it, despite the fact you said. I don't want plastic bags. Yeah. With a whole load of plastic. You take a photograph of it and you just, you know, pop it on Instagram. Yeah. Tweet, tweet it and say, look at whatever supermarket. Yeah. This is why all this pack. You know, it can be something as simple as that. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sitting down and penning no. a really articulate, eloquent letter. And no. uh, yeah. And just basically saying to, to bigger brands, actually, this isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Maybe, yeah. And talking about supermarket shopping, I think one of the other tips that you shared um, that I saw that I really liked was um, about shopping in the supermarket with kids. Because we are like, I mean, that is just 
hell on earth sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, desperately trying to avoid the bloody magazines and all the plastic mm. crap that comes on that. What's what's that? Can you share that tip with us? Oh yeah. Well, so so my tip is to basically when you go into a supermarket, is to give your children something to look for mm-hmm. that that it's like their responsibility to get. So it might be something really simple like. Do you know, what, we've totally run out of ice cream. You yeah, can find the ice cream of that flavor, or I don't know, um, or you know, something else of that nature. Something that you know, not which vegetables should we go and buy? Obviously, yeah, should love vegetables, but you know, we all know the reality. Um, but it, re- it really stemmed from it came from like my husband's and my complete frustration over the fact my daughter just constantly wanted the magazines. Yeah. The- plastic tag that constantly break yeah and we tried loads of different things we tried things like she had a star chart and when she reached a certain number of stars then she could go and buy a magazine yeah but then we were chatting about it and actually we decided we still hate yeah plastic tap <laughs> we, like we just we, we don't <laughs> keep particularly high quality magazines yeah no, so um yeah, so then we were trying to, it was just came from like trying to think of creative ways, but to give them ownership. Yes. Something. Yeah, so that's, yeah, so that generally it works. Obviously, there's still the moments where they're like longing for the magazine record. Yeah. I think once children know what your boundaries are, and as long as you stick to your boundaries, children quite quickly learn, you know, and my daughter knows she's not going to get a magazine when she walks into a shop now. Yeah. So, yeah. I think yeah. and that, that whole point about talking to them is really interesting as well because when um Samuel our youngest was younger like we properly had you know the full-on tantrum in the magazine aisle when I was like I'm not buying you that and sort of explained to him at the time why we weren't buying that and obviously he's having a tantrum so he doesn't really care what I'm saying um and I just thought oh okay well we're gonna have that battle every time we go in but interestingly the next time we went in he I can't remember if he then sort of angled for a different magazine, but he said, because it doesn't have all the plastic on it, mummy. So, you know, it's not a complete win. We hadn't put him off magazines completely, but he had, even though he was in the middle of a full on tantrum and I thought nothing had gone in, he had taken it in and he had kind of processed that. So I think we need to give them some credit sometimes. Totally. And also I think we need to not be embarrassed about, and this is easier said than done, but not be embarrassed about our children having tantrums. (laughs) Well, because I've I've been in say I've been in um, supermarkets before, and I've had shop assistants say to me, I had one lady say to me, "Well done, you haven't given in." And oh I, wow! I was completely embarrassed. Like my son was having the most almighty meltdown. She was like, "I've seen many parents give in." Yeah. And actually, I think we you know we all naturally want to think our children are wonderful, but we all know that the reality is they all do have these awful tantrums. Yes. If someone thinks you're, I don't know, not a good parent because of that, well, let them think that. Yeah. It's a conclusion I've come to. Like sometimes they're just going to have a massive tantrum. And sometimes the only way you win with a two-year-old is if you're more stubborn than they are, which is (laughs) really hard. Have a stubborn off. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So how do you cope with the the guilt I think there's uh, I find that there's the guilty if I do buy them a magazine with all the crap on or mm-hmm. you know just anything like you know a bag of sweets or I'm like, oh god I ought to be getting something mm. else that's cardboard wrapped but then I have the I also have the guilt of wanting them to 
have the same things that other kids have and not be the one who's always going, no, well, you can't have that because, and we can't do that because, and them ending up resenting me and the choices that I'm trying to make for us. Yeah, I think that that second one, I think, is a really hard one. Yeah, and I don't think we talk about that really, do we? I, no. I talk to lots of people and they say, well, I just tell the kids that they can't have that pizza or that. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, you're, maybe you're, you're obviously stronger than I am because I just feel, sometimes I just really feel for them. And like, well, of course, they just want a bag of sweets or, a, you know, um, and it's trying to walk that line, I guess. I think, I mean, I was brought up, my mum never let me have sweets. <laughs> She was an amazing parent. I mean, they, my parents didn't have a huge amount of money. So, um, like, there wasn't the money to just go into a shop and buy a bag of sweets. Yeah. And, but also my mum was quite, you know, she made, she was quite, she was quite sustainable in her own way because they had no money. Like, she mm. made bread, all that kind of thing. So I was brought up like that. So from that, you know, perspective, I remember how it felt to not tell this. Yeah. But I also think there's a lot of, like certainly in the kind of where we live, like we even had on, we've got like a school WhatsApp. And there's a lot of parents who are like, actually, we were having a school disco and some, one parent said, can we not have glow sticks? Yeah. Completely mm. hopeless for the environment. And they're also full of a load of chemicals. Yeah. Parents said, can we actually just not do sweets? Yeah. Amazing to see people's response. Because actually I, I was expecting everyone to kind of go, oh, complete killjoy yeah you fun police yeah 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 <laughs> what are the kids gonna do um, but actually parents were really actually like yeah you know what actually that's that's probably a really good idea yeah and I think sometimes it's a relief when somebody else says it because um you know I did the same with our school disco about the glow sticks and they were quite a good money spinner for the PTA yeah and, and I just said look I you know I, I feel really uncomfortable about this I, I don't personally think it's something but I'm also always very aware that you know this is my agenda these are my concerns and, yeah. and they might not be shared by other people but actually everyone just went yeah no you're completely right let's just not do glow sticks oh what should we do instead let's not do anything and the kids didn't miss it nobody mentioned it yeah so and um like you could, with things like sweets and this is going to sound maybe a bit homebody but like you can make some really nice cakes and things Okay, I am not a baker in any <laughs> But like, I made peanut butter cookies the other day. Oh. It literally took me like a second. Yeah. Well, that's an exaggeration, maybe 10 minutes, but it didn't take me very long at all. And actually now, and I just put them, I've just been taking them to the school gate. Obviously, they don't, and they're not allowed them until they Peanuts in school, yeah. Oh, big. Yeah. <laughs> big no-no, big craft. But, um, and actually like, the kids love them. So for them, they're like, you know, they're not getting their, their lolly wrapped in that yeah. plastic. Actually, yeah. they've got peanut butter cookies and their mum's made them. Yeah. And I'm not, I, they're never going to get some wonderful cupcake that's decorated like that. <laughs> Steady <laughs> on. Anything sponge related is totally beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah. And just in terms of like, when we do kind of, I suppose, Mess up. I don't know how you phrase it. Like I'd hate the word mess up, but like when we do like do things that aren't sustainable, mm -hmm. I just say I read a book recently all about like the fact that as human beings we have limits. Yes, <laughs> we need to sleep, yeah. we need to eat. <laughs> like there are certain things that we need, and 
I I found that phrase like I have a limit in my head quite useful. Mm. There will just be times when things are just absolutely, you know, you're stretched, your absolute breaking point with everything that's going on in your life. And actually, you do just have to go, okay, I don't have time to yeah. have pizza tonight. I'm just going to go and buy one from a supermarket. Yeah. I know that it's going to come in plastic packaging. And, you know, there are times when that happens. And that, yeah. you just got to be kind to yourself and say, look, ultimately, I'm still feeding my children. I'm still myself like yeah 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 I'm not perfect yeah and I think as well like as much as I'm a massive advocate for us taking individual actions and you know um and that that really does add up to make a difference Mm. ultimately to get you know whether or not you buy pizza once a month in a plastic packet isn't going to be the straw that broke the camel's back for you know, whether or not the climate, the climate crisis kind of um, no. escalates no. or not. We need, you know, a, alongside the very best that we can do for ourselves in our own unique circumstances, the majority of the time, we need some really big changes um, systemically as well. So, you know, I think it's, we shouldn't be beating ourselves up over these every tiny little decision, as long as we're kind of big picture moving forwards and making some really positive changes then I think we can give ourselves a massive pat on the back. I, I totally agree. I mean, there are just, yeah, like, I, I think there are, I feel our government has quite a lot to answer for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's just not kind of, there's no tax on, pla- on plastic packaging for um, Yeah, companies. no tax on air f- aviation fuel. No. Mental. Like, it's, I feel like, yeah, yeah. I was talking I was at a conference recently and I was listening to somebody speak who was on the Australian government and she right. how like in Australia they every company has like a, a fee they have to pay if they don't recycle a certain amount of their right yeah so say it's a, a drinks company they don't recycle a certain amount of their plastic bottles yeah and I just thought that was brilliant because actually that's like a financial incentive for them to actually be trying to recycle yeah. and like actually recycle, not just send things off to the Middle East or you know yes. Asia to sit on the ground there, but actually do it. And I just thought actually that's what we need in the UK. Like, why aren't the government doing that? Or why yeah. are putting pressure on lots of different brands to come up with more of packaging that actually yeah. is really sustainable? And I think like just going back to Little Freddie, I think what they've done with their packaging is amazing. But what I also love is that they're not just like holding it to themselves and being like, oh, this is, you know, they've happily share that information right. so that all packages can be recycled. All packages, yeah. yeah. So all packages can be recycled. Because wouldn't that just make so much sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, plastic packaging, I always say plastic food packaging, I think is one of the hardest areas to tackle. And, mm. and I know a lot of people get really frustrated about it and, um, you know, feel like they can't win. But actually, I think sometimes if you can just redirect your focus and go, OK, maybe I've reached the point where, you know, I'm doing as much as I can with regards to plastic packaging. And until the supermarkets change, you know, I can't do a lot more. So maybe I'll have a look at food waste or maybe I'll have a look yeah. at our energy supplier or maybe I'll have a look at something else and, and just try and kind of take a step back and look a bit more kind of overview at, at what we're doing rather than just getting stuck down this oh my supermarket shop is full of plastic and think about some yeah. other things that maybe we can do 
100% agree yeah yeah so <laughs> what would you have you got kind of one you said you know fashion was the place that you started if somebody's there and they're sat at home you know maybe the kids are having a simultaneous nap probably unlikely but they're looking around and thinking do you know like I really wanted to start doing something what what would you say is kind of one easy quick win for everybody oh soap um, soap see I don't like um, soap bars of soap huh? oh isn't that funny because I that when you were saying about you know you've got to work out what works for your family soap is the example I always use because we tried soap and the kids just kind of didn't really wash their hands. My husband wasn't really that keen on it. My hair was just horrendous. So now we get like the five litre tubs and refill yeah. of shower gel and kind of refill. But you've, you've had some success with soap, have you? I, so, I, so I have a few kind of caveats around it. <laughs> <laughs> Make that clear. I feel like if you've got people coming into like a guest bathroom. Right. I like to provide a liquid soap just because yeah. I feel it's more hygienic. At the moment yeah. there's builders in our house and I'd much rather they I wasn't washing my hands with the safe soap, you know. <laughs> there is soap. Um but we do we buy like a massive batch of soap and then of liquid soap and then refill. Yeah. Um but for our like for in the you know the bath the shower for me, my husband, the kids, yeah, we do use soap. We just use bars of soap, we buy it, you know, in a car well, actually. We, we, we actually buy a lot of our soap from France, which I know sounds completely nuts, but we go on holiday there every year and they have these amazing markets and you can get organic soap. Oh, brilliant. They value. Yeah. And we literally, I'll go and I'll buy like 20 bars and bring them home. Which yeah. does me for a year. Um, and then we use shampoo, shampoo soap on our hair. Which shampoo um, bars? Yeah, but oh, wow. we have lots of lots of trial and error. Yeah, I've trial yet to find one that that doesn't make my hair feel disgusting. Yeah, we've had a few that have <laughs> not, <laughs> and occasionally because I've got like blonde highlights, slash, like slash covering up the grey. <laughs> like occasionally, I do have like a really lovely, like you know, vegan everything free. Yeah, yeah, everything um, bottle of shampoo that I use every so often that's kind of you know brings that makes it yeah. again rather than some weird grassy color um but generally we've we found one from there's one in the lush shop actually which, oh yes the, the shampoo bars from lush actually are, are the yeah the, the only ones i found that that kind of did work um yes so we yeah but oh, yeah. brilliant yeah and the kids, the kids were all right with soap in the bath. Do they? Do you kind of have that argument about leaving it in there and it just stays oh, disintegrating yeah. and, <laughs> oh, and then it gets yeah. stuck to the side of the set of the of the bath? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty. We actually put ours in um, bags. Oh okay. There's a company I'm trying to think what they're called. Hydrofill. Right. And they sell like what can only be described as a hessian bag. It sounds right. Cool. And it took me a while to get used to, but the good thing about it is you don't get that kind of mushy, soapy yeah, yeah, yeah. mess. So it doesn't make the side of the bath messy. So it lives, you use it when it's in the bag or it lives in yeah. the bag when you're not using it? You use it in the bag the whole time. Oh, I like that. It, yeah, it's really good. They're really good. And we, yeah, we use those all the time. Cool. Oh, well, I'll have to post some links for people. Yeah. <laughs> So um, where can we come and find more sustainable parenting tips from you? 
So for me, um, I am on N, N for November, N, yeah. number four, mummy.com. Brilliant. That's my website. And then I'm at N for mummy on Instagram. Fab. And if we want to find out more about Little Freddy's and the pouches and sort of carry on that conversation, where can we come and find out about them? So you can, um, if you want to get your hands on one of their recycling bags. Yep. DM them on Instagram and they're at Little Freddy UK. Cool. Or you can email them at hello at littlefreddy.com. Brilliant. And it's IE, isn't it, Freddy? It's yeah, Freddy IE. Alternatively, um, they do have their, their bags are available at selected um, Sainsbury's stores. Oh, what a great idea. Yeah, so it was definitely worth asking. And if your Sainsbury's doesn't stop them, why don't you ask your Sainsbury's to stop them? Yeah, yeah. Um, and all that info is all on their website. So. Brilliant. So I'll post links to all of that yeah. for everybody in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but great. It's always it's always lovely to have a kind of chinwag with someone else who, <laughs> as I say in the same boat, you're kind of stuck in the trenches of parenting with your <laughs> age kids. And I feel like I'm slightly coming out the other side. But to, to share, I think to have these conversations, to talk about the lack of perfection, to talk about the the guilt and the anxiety and all that. I think it's really important that we start to, to acknowledge these things and, and talk about them a bit more. So it's been fabulous, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jen, so much for having me. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. You've been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.